It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist. Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. I was so pleased two weeks ago when 60 Minutes brought us 14 minutes of scientific, evidence-based research on the damaging effects of sugar. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the (laughs) harmful effects of sugar that may be having on your body, maybe if you're eating a lot of sugar, maybe you've got some of these harmful effects going. So if you're consuming more than 100 calories of sugar per day, you know, that is less (laughs) sugar than in a cup of juice. That's very little sugar. Everyone at Nutritional Weight and Wellness was actually cheering (laughs) 60 Minutes and the researchers, because it is what we've been saying for the past 15 years, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's right. So to, joining me today as our co-host is licensed nutritionist Anna Durock. Anna has both a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in nutrition and has been part of our staff for, you said, over... Over seven years. Over seven years. Yep. Crazy. Time flies when we're having fun. That's right. (laughs) And if you take a class from Anna or even sit down for a consultation, you will leave laughing (laughs) because she has the ability to make this very serious subject, nutrition, fun. (laughs) But you also also learn how to make nutrition work for your health. Mm -hmm. So, Anna, when we think about that 60-minute show, Show. um, what did you like the most or what did you appreciate the most in that interview? Well, I loved, 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 and I can't say that too much, how the scientists showed actually how eating sugar quickly causes the liver to produce the dangerous, small, dense LDL particles. Um, and as we have been teaching in our weight and wellness series for quite a while now, our classes, ever since they began, again, 15 years ago, that it is sugar that increases cholesterol and not eggs and butter. And that's a new thought. It totally. New... And it yeah. still gets people. They're like, what? I can still eat eggs even though my cholesterol is high? Right. Um, and they, they know. <laughs> they believe it. But they always have to ask us, don't yes, they? Yes. <laughs> yes. They, they, they truly do. Um, and But it, it's really the breakfast cereals, the muffins, the bagels, the Mountain Dew, the M&Ms, the cereal bars that cause the liver to produce not only more LDL, but the really bad type of LDL cholesterol. Um, and we teach people in our weight and wellness classes, it is the small, dense LDL particles um, that you need to watch out for. And sugar and high fructose corn syrup are the evil twins that cause that those BB-like LDL particles. So let's go back over that just yeah. for a minute, Anna, because I think this is such a new concept for people. Yes. You know, first of all, we have probably three different components of cholesterol. Yep. We have our triglycerides. Yep. And the higher those are, the more sugar you've been You've been eating, that's right. And it should, they should be somewhere below 100. Yep. So we have to be careful of triglycerides. And then we have HDL cholesterol, yep. which we call the good guys. Yep. 
and they kind of carry the stuff back to the liver that isn't good in our bloodstream, and we get rid of it. Yes. And then we have those LDLs, cholesterols, and some of them are good, aren't they? Yeah, there's there's um, a couple different types, but the type A are the light, fluffy kind, which kind of just float through the bloodstream. They do their job, but they don't get, you know, they don't clog the arteries like we think they do. And then the, the BB-like, the type B, those are the ones that are small, dense. They damage the walls of the blood vessels, and that's what we don't want. And that's that comes from eating sugar. So. And that is, and not butter. And not butter, exactly. Isn't that, it's really. <laughs> but it's hard, it's hard for people to really grasp that mm-hmm. concept. You know, when thinking about that uh, presentation, the one that I really appreciated mm-hmm. was the research that found that eating sugar foods promote cancer. Mm. Yeah, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Very scary. Because when we eat sugar, our pancreas is stimulated to make more insulin, mm-hmm. which it should. Mm-hmm. The take-home point of this whole presentation or their whole research is that certain cancer tumors thrive or grow when there is a surplus of insulin, mm. which again comes from, from eating too much sugar. That's right. And when we say sugar, we also mean processed carbohydrates. Right. Yep. And that can even be coming from white rice. Yes. Like people don't even realize that. Mm-hmm. So, And they found that there are at least two types of cancer tumors that love sugar. Mm-hmm. Breast cancer and colon cancer. Right. And I think there's many other cancers that... That can be attributed, yep, to the insulin levels. Yes, exactly. I bet pancreatic cancer, too. Mm -hmm. I bet they could find links to that. Yep. So, um, great research. Yes, wonderful research. And I... The the guy had done a YouTube kind of special um, a year ago, and I watched his whole 90-minute presentation. So, Mm -hmm. just an amazing researcher. Um, but if you have not seen the 60 Minutes um, Sugar is Toxic video and want to see it, just go to the Weight and Wellness Facebook page, and we have it posted up for everyone to see. So um, really check it out. It's just great information. So, Dar. Yes? <laughs> let's get into today's, today's topic because it's not actually the 60 Minutes. No. <laughs> but we wanted to let people know about that. So the the fear of letting go of your favorite food or foods so, Dar, how did you pick this topic? Well, you know, I've been sitting across <laughs> from people from, you know, clients for at least 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that when I suggest that they quit their favorite food, you know, I see a flash of fear in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they get a little nervous. Mm-hmm. And some clients breathe loudly and say, I'll try, but... And some will breathe loudly and say, I can't do that. What if I have stress? What will I turn to? <laughs> and you know what, Dar? I haven't been seeing clients as long as you, but I hear that all the time from my clients and also in in classes. Yes. Like, I can't give up my bread. I I can't give up my Diet Coke. And, you know, so it's kind of, again, we have that, like, um, that fear of just letting go of the things that are the worst for us. Yes. You know? Exactly. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And I know if I ask a client to give up salmon or steak or chicken breast, they will say, okay, I can do that. But when I say I want to stop, you know, I want them to stop eating bread or stop the afternoon Coke. Oh, yes. (laughs) Which, again, probably gets them through the day. Or no more M&Ms or stop the mocha lattes or be done with ice cream and not and, you know, you can't go, you can't get the blizzard on the way up to the cabin because <laughs> that's a very common for people, right? Yes, it is. And we're coming to cabin season. So, and then I see panic set in 
And you would think I took away their best friend. Yes. But I mean. Exactly. That's how people react. Yes. So what is this all about? You know, it's very much the same reaction I've seen when an alcoholic is told they can't have another drink. (laughs) Fear and panic. Yes. So we have to say for many people, giving up sugar creates the same fear reaction as giving up alcohol does for an alcoholic. Now, the question is, what is going on and how many listeners, just stop and think about it if you're (laughs) listening, how many of you feel that giving up sugar or processed carbohydrates creates an anxiety response? So I got one for you. (laughs) What if you're going to the movies Mm -hmm. and you're not going to have that big box or bag or (laughs) a mountain of popcorn? Right. You're not going to order it. What <laughs> what kind of response would you <laughs> would right. that cause anxiety? Yeah, and for so, some people it does, and some for some people they won't even go to a movie. Yep, if they can't eat the popcorn, yeah, and have their coke. Yeah, so you have to wonder, you know, are they going for the food or are they going for the movie? Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I bet there are some listeners who fear going sugar free. In fact, some people have decided to be sugar-free, but their dad or their neighbor or their uncle or their best friend will tell them, that is not even natural. Oh, we hear that all the time. <laughs> all the time. We? All the time, right. And why would you even do that, they, they say to you know people. And they certainly are not encouraged even when they know they feel better. And so they might you know go back to their old ways even after not eating sugar for a good year. I've seen people do yes, that. I know it. It's so sad. Because it's not natural. It that's... isn't. And we're so inundated everywhere. That... And I'm so... not sure the why people say that to another person. It's not natural. Unless that means that if maybe they would have to give up their right. sugar. <laughs> right. Who knows what Who knows, that is right? all about. Yeah. So most people that have gone sugar and processed carb free understand and this is true. If they eat one brownie, mm-hmm. they'll finish the whole pan and need to bake another pan so their family doesn't find out their dirty little secret. <laughs> really. And you know what, Dar? I used to do that. And so I can totally attest to that. Um, so sh- we have a caller. Oh, okay. And what we have right on break time, yeah, I think. Yeah, so. we'll take our caller after break. Let's okay. do that. That's a good idea. All right. So we have to stay on schedule. Yes, we have to stay on schedule (laughs) to get those commercials in. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and I really want to share part of an email we received from a nursing student who lives in Australia. We have, we have, we have a we have a listener listening audience. Many listeners in Australia, tons of them. So that was awesome for me to hear. Um, But here's part of the email she sent us. Says I have to confess that I did deal with quite an addiction to sugar-free lollies. We call lollies or you know lollipops here. Lollies. Yeah, yeah lollies. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I did too. For years, I was eating them all the time until I listened closely to your show. It was like hearing the science behind what I, could, what I kind of knew was wrong. You can listen to people telling you they're bad for you, but it's not until you understand for yourself that it really sinks in. I am eternally grateful for that. I feel a lot less anxious about having to deal with cravings for sugar-free lollies and sugar-free beverages now that I know what they are t- doing to me. Now I only want to give my body the best I can. I look forward to listening for a long time to come and on, to come and on behalf of people like me. Thank you so much. And then she says, as part of the Dishing Up Nutrition team, 
again, that's what she she addresses us as as part of the district nutrition team. Mm-hmm. So Dar and I really want to, you know, just thank her. Um, you know, her name is Zoe for sharing her success. Um, and listeners, if you have questions today about, you know, the foods that you are afraid to give up or just how to give them up, please give us a call at 651-641-1071. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low carb or low fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, so often when women reach the age when they begin either perimenopause or menopause, they believe they should add soy to their diet. Last August, an interesting study published in the Archives of Internal Medicine found soy foods and soy supplements do not help women in menopause. Mm. The study was funded by the National Institute of Health and it was conducted at the Miller's Osteoporosis Center. And they found that soy neither prevented bone loss or reduced menopausal symptoms, but it did do something. It caused more constipation and bloating. Ugh. And that's what the study found. Ugh. Isn't that I, interesting? Yeah, I wouldn't want that. Dar, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a couple of callers. All righty. Great. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hello. Hi. It is so true what you say about way, uh, even eating eggs and butter can definitely reduce, reduce your triglycerides. I reduced mine by over 100 points. Excellent. By awesome. eating that way. But my question doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, okay. <laughs> my question has to do with I have a granddaughter that was born about three weeks ago. Okay. And after her mother nurses her, she gets kind of fussy, and I'm wondering if she's having, like, the reflux, the digestive problems that I've heard you talk about on previous shows. And yeah. what I'm wondering is, mm-hmm. is it okay for her mother to give her this bifidal balance uh, the, the powder in the capsules that I purchased from you, or should I buy another product that she could give her, and if so, how much? Oh, that question is perfect for you, Anna. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you can you can give her um you can break up open a capsule or d- use the ultra bifidus powder. That's fine too. Ultra you don't have to buy a special powder. one. That's usually what we do for um, the babies with the reflux. Okay. The so I should go and buy the ultra bifidus powder. Instead. Yeah. Yep, I would do that. Um, and then just a really, because she, she's three weeks old, Right, Sharon? she's only three weeks old. She was born three weeks ago on Thursday. Okay. So then I would do, you know, um, I would I would do about an eighth of a teaspoon. One eighth of a teaspoon. Yep, two okay. to three times a day. Two to three times per yep. day. And should she do that before she breastfeeds her then? Yep, that would be a good idea. Or okay. she can put it, like, on her finger, um, just dip it in water and put it on her finger. Or, 
right even right on her nipple too you know whatever oh, okay. she feels more comfortable or if she gives her a bottle she can do that too okay so go buy the ultra bifidus powder instead it's yep. easier to use yes okay yep. all right well thank you very much oh. for your help well thank, thank you, you sharon great question in your classes thank you awesome thank you. thank you very nice yes and then we also have a caller okay um tressie yes good morning did you good have a question morning. for us Good. Morning. Good. I had a question um, about the uh, bifido balance as well, um, whether or not it was um, safe for children to use. Yep. I give my kids it at, at probably three or four times a week. And, okay. You know, it, it's basically, it is the good bacteria, the probiotic that is in breast milk. Yep. Exactly okay. the same. And that can be taken a long time for life, or sure. it should not. You should wean off at some point. No, we take it. We all take it basically every day because mm-hmm. we know that it reduces your risk of colon cancer by fifty percent. Yep. So that's. And then, and what about the acidophilus though? Should that at some point should your body be able to not need that, and you can come off of that as well at nighttime? Because we do that one as well. I find that that's true. They people don't need the acidophilus, especially mm-hmm. if they're. If they don't have to take antibiotics or anything like that, and, right. you know, nothing that is going to irritate that stomach lining. Yeah. So usually you don't need that for long term. Yeah. But it can't okay. hurt. You know, but it can't hurt. Okay. No, right. That's right. Yeah. And it's, then you, in your classes, because I'm not in Minnesota, is there a way for people outside of Minnesota to attend the classes either via online or Skyping or something? We are, we're working on it. Midst. <laughs> we are working on it. We do do a weekend weight and wellness uh, series, mm-hmm. and we do have people that come from out of state and attend that one weekend, and we will be scheduling. I think we probably have one scheduled for later in the summer. Yeah, because we did it in the spring. Yeah. Yep. So that's okay. one possibility, but that's on our project list, and we're yeah. working well, on it. Well, very good. And one last question. <laughs> um Coconut oil, I find that when I eat it, it makes my, my face really very dry. Is that a sensitivity or an intolerance that I'm having, or is that like a cleansing reaction? Hmm. That's a very unusual reaction. Yeah. Usually I, it's very nourishing to the skin. I would say I that, know. I removed it for a while to see what happened, and then my, my skin was, it felt more hydrated. And once I added it back in, it seems as though my face started getting drier again. I think you have a sensitivity to it. I would just, mm-hmm. I'd take it out. For yeah. some reason, it's very rare, but it does sound like a sensitivity reaction. Yep. All oh. right. Well, thank you, ladies, well, very much. Thank you. Thank you we so appreciate much, the Jessie. call. Where are you calling from? From Chicago, Illinois. Well, awesome. thank you. Thank you thank for calling us. Thank you so us. much. <laughs> See? There we are. We've got all these, you know, not just Australia, but Chicago, too. <laughs> I love it. So should we go back to talking? Yeah. Okay. Should we get back into the sugar thing? All right. And our, and our problem foods? Mm-hmm. Okay, so why is sugar and processed carbs so addicting? Well, there are actually many reasons. First of all, the refined sugars and processed carbs were absent in the diet of most people until fairly recent in human history, That's... maybe 200 years ago. That's when we really introduced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would eat wild-grown berries and maybe some other wild fruit, and it would taste sweet. And ge- genetically, we are actually geared to like sweetness. Mm, that's but, it there's very interesting yeah isn't it? very interesting so i mean the sugar and fruit was the correct amount for our bodies and we we did just fine with it right not too little not too much just right but then along came our refined sugar and high fructose corn syrup and that's where it went awry yes 
So researchers discovered that sugar and processed carbs are more addictive than cocaine. Wow. So you can understand why fear and panic comes out when a nutritionist tells a client (laughs) they must give up sugar or their favorite processed carb. Mm. You know, researchers have found that sugar turns on the pleasure center in the brain. Sometimes we call that the reward center in the brain. (laughs) So sugar turns on the pleasure center in the brain the same as cocaine does. Isn't that scary? Yes. And that's why we get addicted to it. Yes. And we have to work so hard at not not eating it and not going back to it. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, and researchers also found that when people eat sugar frequently, such as having a bagel for breakfast... That's sugar. Yep. Maybe a sweet, a sweet, like a, you know, a fruited yogurt for mm-hmm. a morning snack. With 58 grams of carbohydrates. Yep. <laughs> a sandwich and a bag of chips and maybe a Coke for lunch. A Coke and M&M's for an afternoon snack. And maybe a cereal bar before working out. They actually build up a tolerance for sugar. And then guess what happens? They need more. It's just like a drug addiction or an mm-hmm. alcohol addiction. Mm-hmm. And so, again, they need more to turn on that pleasure center or that reward system in the brain. And I don't know, this has happened to me, but has this happened to anyone else out there? I bet it has. Because I'm sure it has. You know, that's Mm -hmm. how addictive sugar can be on its own. So, really, the fear of giving up your favorite food is part and parcel of your brain chemistry. So it isn't just weak will. It's part of your brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. And understanding that sugar and processed carbs activate the pleasure center. But we, but we know just as there's a downside to using cocaine, mm-hmm. there's a downside to sugar and processed carbs. That's right. And just to name a few, heart disease, uh-huh. you know, stroke, mm-hmm. diabetes, obesity, and even cancer. Right. And we just talked about that research, with yep. the cancer growth. And so. that's exactly what... The 60-minute special was showing us. That's right. And um, Dr. Lustig, who is a pediatric endocrinologist and the driving force behind helping people understand how toxic sugar is, said if we reduce sugar consumption to not more than 100 calories of sugar per day, we would cut the rate of chronic illness by 75%. And And remember Dar said in the beginning, 100 grams of sugar is less than a cup of juice. Yes. So, I mean, most of us can do that if we're eating fruits and vegetables and mm-hmm. good meat and healthy fat. So, and we could close down the hospitals. There wouldn't be a health care crisis. Life would be good. Just amazing. <laughs> if we Just cut, 100 we grams. could cut the rate of chronic calories. illness by 75%. So, Anna, do we, we have, have time? Oh, my goodness. We have. Okay, let's take one caller and then we'll probably have to go to break. Okay. Wow. I didn't. Thank you, Dar. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning to you. Did you have a question? Yes. I recently quit drinking alcohol, and I find myself craving black licorice and dark chocolate. Sure. (laughs) And I'm wondering how I transition here from alcohol, from the sugar, to to something less. Well, you know why you're craving uh, black licorice. It's because it's high in sugar. (laughs) It's Correct. one of the highest foods. <laughs> and um, dark chocolate is because of uh, low magnesium level. Mm-hmm. Oh. So one of the things that you could do is to start uh, adding some, and we always say magnesium glycinate because yeah. it's such a good form of magnesium. 
and um, probably four to six hundred milligrams of that in. Uh, you know, if you're having any trouble sleeping, I would do it at bedtime. Or if you're, it helps with anxiety through the day. So some people, oh, yeah. people take it through the day. You know, a couple with every meal, so that would give you about 600 milligrams. Now, with the licorice, you know, I think you have to go back to making sure you're eating a great breakfast. Yeah. And you're eating five or six times a day with protein, vegetables, good fat, so that you keep your blood sugar stable all the time. Yeah. Okay. And then, I mean, we do have a supplement that's called Crave Control that helps in helps to reduce the cravings for sugar and processed carbs. And often I recommend it for people that are coming off of soda or coming off of alcohol. Right. Because it really helps to um, change. It supports the brain chemistry so you don't have those those uh, cravings as much. Yeah. So, and and okay. even glutamine too, right? Yes. Sometimes. Oh, yes, I forgot for about the alcohol. glutamine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. And how much of the glutamine? Uh, probably, um, if you're doing it, uh, like in powdered, probably a teaspoon three times a day. Okay. So, or come see one of us. Yes. We'd love to see you. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, Lisa. I hope that helped. Okay. So we... All right. So we need to take our second break. Okay. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. As a mom with three young children, I am very careful not to give my children sugary treats. So I want to share some of my healthy treats. Oh, good. Um, I'm just going to name a couple, and then we'll come back, and I'll name a couple more. Okay. But I don't give my children Cheerios because oh, they're just another form of sugar, but I do give them fresh blueberries, which they love. Instead of chips, I will give them celery and carrots with a wonderful healthy ranch dip I make. And instead of M&M's, I give my kids dark to- chocolate because they actually love it. So oh, good. we will be right back. Call us if you have questions. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, and we're discussing foods that you're afraid to give up. So if you are a person with stiff joints, achy muscles, or inflammation running through your body, then let me direct you to a great class called Foods to Reduce Pain and Inflammation. And that's being taught at many of the weight and wellness, uh, nutritional weight and wellness locations. And nutrition educators are teaching these classes in Wyzetta, Lakeville, St. Paul. So check our website. We've got lots and lots of great classes. Weightandwellness.com. And you can find the location. And if you have any questions and just want to do it by phone, our phone number is 651-699-3438. And you were going to tell people more things that you give your kids rather than... Yes, rather than the process stuff. Yes. Okay, so instead of the Yoplait yogurt, um, I usually give my kids plain yogurt with fresh berries. And they like it. And they love it. And I sometimes just put a little vanilla vanilla um, protein powder in it. They absolutely eat it up. Yep. So, um, and instead of juice or pop, I give my kids wonderful pure filtered water. I've also found a great iced tea that they love, and I sweeten it with stevia. Oh, that's and great. And they love it. And it's herbal, so it doesn't have a caffeine. Okay, and then so, you just kind of make this iced tea yourself. Yep, I make it. I make. I got a, a iced tea maker from Tiavana, and I just. Yep. Yep. And they love it. They think it's a treat. Yep. They think it's juice. So. And <laughs> and it's not. And it's not. Yeah. It's... And then there's also one more thing. My kids love beef sticks, and okay. I don't get the stuff that comes from Super America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't get the Slim Jims. Um, there's a couple brands. Thousand Hills is one of my favorites, but I go to the farmers market at least once a month. And I stock up on um, 
um, these cheddar beef sticks that they love. And they're wonderful and they don't have any junk in them. And I get them from Prairie Pride Farms. So Perfect. that's another one too. Great ideas. Yes. Yes. So, but we have lots of callers, Dar. Okay. All right. So Let's take we're going to take a few callers. We have Christy. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Hi. Did you have a question about reflux? I do. My three-month-old is on a formula, um, Infinil AR, and it's supposed to help prevent spit-up. And then I've tried two different bottles, and she still continues to spit-up, like, all day long. And I don't have her diagnosed with acid reflux or on any medications, because I've heard from you guys that that's bad for her. But I just feel bad that she's constantly spitting up all over herself. Well, well, that's another one of your quests. You're, yeah. you're on, Anna. <laughs> okay. So, um, again, I would get her some of that good um, bifidus bacteria. Okay. The pow- Where do I get that? Um, you can get it from our office. Mm-hmm. And if you're not close, you can always have it shipped um, okay. at weightandwellness.com. And it's just called, it's called Ultra Bifidus DF. Um, and it'll last you quite a bit. But I'd, I'd do that um, like a one-eighth of a teaspoon in three different bottles per day. Okay. And that, that should start helping her digest that formula better so that she's not spinning up constantly. Okay, perfect. And then I think another possibility, <clears throat> if that doesn't work, Anna, you have actually created your own formula. Yep, I know, have. Yep, and, I had to do that with my with my daughter. So, so she, Anna would be able to help you do that, you know, if mm-hmm. you made an appointment. If And I think sometimes this is really important because you don't want her to develop acid reflux. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anyway. Yeah, so you could do both or yeah. one or the other, yeah. Try the, the bifidobacteria the, or the ultrabifidus first yeah. and see if that doesn't help. And then if it doesn't, then you know you have to change formulas. Yep. So. Okay. Yeah. All I right. will do that. Thank All you right. very much. Thanks, Thanks for the Christy. call. Mm-hmm. And we have more callers. And we callers. have another caller. Sam, good morning. Um, yes. Hi. Good morning. Did you have a question about sugar? Hello? Hello? Hello. 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 Hello there. You're on, Sam. Yeah, this is Pam. Okay. Did you have a question for us? Yes. I um, have had a hard time giving up sugar over years, although once when I was in college 25 years ago, I gave it up for a year. Wow. Good and, for you. But it's it's just, for me, it's like uh, that's the only thing I crave. Other than that, I'm a really healthy eater as far as, you know, vegetables, fruit, and I don't like processed food really. But sugar, I mean in the form of Milky Way bars or Three Musketeer bars or any kind of candy is what I want for a reward. And if I don't get my chocolate and I exercise regularly and everything, so I don't know how to get off of that and what can I substitute for it. Well, I think one of the things you have to look at is, you know, we from the caller before, we talked about maybe you're low on magnesium because you said chocolate. Mm-hmm. So that always gives me a clue that it's more than sugar. It's a combination of maybe low magnesium. And there's a many reasons that people crave sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes if you need something right after a meal, it's because your body's low on zinc. Mm-hmm. And we seem to be, uh, a lot of people seem to be low on zinc these days. And another thing that you need to look at is, are you sure you're eating enough through the day, you know, and not skipping meals and having your blood sugar drop because then you're going to have sugar cravings. Yeah. And then, that, I mean, we, habit, huh? That habit of always having to have something sweet after every meal. That's, that, that's a, that's, that's, zinc. that's low zinc. Yeah. So that's okay. a pretty easy one to, 
to, um, you know, remedy is to take, you know, maybe 50 milligrams of zinc at bedtime and that will help change that for you. Okay. You know, there's, you know, I think the the thing to take home with this is that there are many biochemical reasons for these sugar cravings. Mm-hmm. And if you just can't stop, you have to figure out, okay, what is the biochemical imbalance that's going on in my brain or in my body? And I have to really change that. And sometimes it takes a good nutritionist to do some good detective work to figure out exactly what is going on. Mm -hmm. And then we help people balance that out. Yeah. Okay, because when I do eat all the chocolate that I can eat, like, you know, half a bag of candy or something, I just crash. I mean, sure. 20 minutes later, I'm, of course. I can't do anything. Right. Yep. 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 Nope. Yep. So maybe, you know, another possibility is make an appointment with one of us so that we can help fine-tune this. Because okay. you've got a lot of great things that you're doing. Yes, definitely. And so it's just a little thing that you need help with. Yep. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks. Sam. Yes. So should we go back to what we were talking about? Because I think it's important to know that the average person eats probably at least 130 pounds of sugar a year. That's incredible. Think about this. That's about a third of a pound of sugar a day. (laughs) That's so gross. And we often hear, you know, a calorie is a calorie is a calorie is a calorie. But researchers, you know, the ones that were featured in Is Sugar Toxic?, found that it is not true. When research subjects were given high-sugar foods, such as juice, Kool-Aid, and sweet rolls, their LDL cholesterol, you know, we talked about that at the beginning, went up in just two weeks. Wow, that's quick. Yes. Very quick. That means a person's basic blood chemistry, Mm -hmm. their lipid profile can change very quickly. Mm -hmm. When people are consuming a lot of sugar... You know, and just think about who might be doing that. Maybe this is like a college student (laughs) who eats a lot of pizza, beer, Mountain Dew, French fries. All are high-sugar foods. And that's sometimes people have to wrap their head around that one. (laughs) Beer and sugar, pizza, sugar, yes, these are all. You know, so they can actually gain the freshman 15, yes. Mm -hmm. But they can also raise their risk of stroke and heart disease. But if they eat healthy fats like avocados and nuts and butter and olives and meat and vegetables, they could eat more calories and actually lose weight. Right, and not ever have to worry about the freshman 15. Yeah, and we see this all the time in our Nutrition for Weight Loss classes. Yeah, we do. People start eating butter, they start eating avocados, and then they start losing, and they've lost their 15 pounds. Yeah, and they feel great, and they they don't want to go back. So, a calorie is not a calorie, or as we understand, not all calories are created equal. Um, And the sugar calories are the bad guys, and if you hang out with them too long, you go straight to the jail of poor health. (laughs) I love that, Dar. That's awesome. So, I think what we should probably do is maybe, should we take another break? we can take our last break, and then we'll have plenty of time to answer the last calls and just wrap it up. Okay. So, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And I want to say nutrition alert, nutrition alert. High fructose corn syrup now has an image problem. Okay. Consumers are avoiding it. They're, they're figuring it out. Um, food companies are switching back to sugar. Some supermarkets have banned it. Yes. I didn't know that. Oh, yes. Wow. And so the demand for the high fructose corn syrup is really falling fast. Uh, so the makers of high fructose corn syrup have decided to change its name to corn sugar. Isn't that interesting? Yes, yeah, and I've, I've I've seen it hyphenated as HFCS. 
Yes. I've seen that too. Oh, sure. Um, I it. They want to hide it. Exactly. So, so, so consumers won't know what they are eating. But as we are learning, high fructose corn syrup or corn sugar is just sugar. And we understand sugar consumption is the leading cause of obesity, diabetes, cancer, and heart disease. And so, I bet people don't even want to hear this message. They don't. But I mean, you know, got you guys, sugar and high fructose corn syrup, they're one and the same. Stay yep. away from them all. We'll be yeah. right back. Dishing up nutrition. You know, if you are a parent of a developmentally delayed child or an adult or a group home manager or owner uh, or even a worker in a group home or uh, in a school system. Yeah. Yeah. I invite you to tune in next week as Cassie and I discuss the nutritional needs of children and adults with developmental delays. My (laughs) big words. So in... You know, I really invite you to join us next week because we have a special guest that's really going to teach you all about nutrition and how to be successful on the Nutrition for Weight Loss plan. Yes, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. I'm totally going to tune in. We have a couple callers, so Dar, we're going to take Okay, that sounds great. Kathy, welcome to Dishy of Nutrition. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I just had a quick comment about the, uh, for the people who... uh, want popcorn at the movies. One thing that I have done since I've given up processed carbohydrates is um, I take a bag of pistachios with me. Mm. So I get the nuts and then, you know, picking them apart takes a little bit of time. So you're not just downing them all the time. I think that's a great idea. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kathy. You're welcome. (laughs) Enjoy the show. Thank you. Yes. All right. And then let's see. Another caller? Another caller. We have Mary on the line. Good morning, Mary. Yes, hi. I had a question about stevia. About stevia. Yeah, I've given up all my um, my processed carbs and all the sugars and all the obvious stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just drinking, actually, right now listening to you guys, uh, your, Yerba Mate Royale tea. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed that they sweetened it with stevia. And then sometimes if I put a bit too much tea, then it gets too sweet. Mm-hmm. So I have to dilute it. So what do you think of stevia? Is that a bad or a good one? It seems to be a safe sweetener, mm-hmm. and as far as because it has, it is an herb and it has been around forever. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it doesn't seem to have any side effects. But you know, if it still keeps you That's wanting more sugar, yeah, then I'd be cautious with it. I find that as I backed off from eating sugar, uh, I just kind of lost my taste for it. So mm-hmm. stevia is very, is way too sweet very, very for me. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So I've lost my taste for sweetness too. Yeah, throughout all this, but it was kind of um. I read online it's supposed to be good for your bones or something, and I thought, oh well, that'd be something new to taste. And and I tried it and I liked it. And then one day I put a little bit too much because you you got to measure it sort of, you know, you just right. one of those metal things and you mm-hmm. added water. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, whoa, this is sweet. And I didn't realize it was naturally sweetened with stevia. And I thought, oh no. Well, I think that, um, you know, and again, you may just want to back it out. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good substitute as people are coming off of sugar. Yep. And, I mean, we actually have some in our offices, but um, a lot of us don't use it. Yep. And some people still do, so. And I just want to add a comment that, um, because I I started going gluten-free, wheat, uh, gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free in January. Mm -hmm. Yep. And... I thought that gluten-free was going to throw me off and be really afraid. But once you go through it, it's not as bad as you think. Exactly. And I find that the less you eat it, the less you want it. That's exactly. right. Yep. You're so right. Yeah. So, 
Sometimes well, we're more afraid of it than we think. Yep. <laughs> and are you actually feeling a lot better since you've done that? Um, not. I haven't seen bigger much. Not really. Then what? And then so what has encouraged you to keep doing it? Because I well it started over a year ago. I've got this uh, CSR, this thing with my eye. Okay. And. Uh, okay. My doctor thought it was a thyroid issue. Then I went to some Cairo that um, did some tests, and then it's not at all my thyroid. It turns out to be maybe my adrenals. Okay. But then I went through a bunch of supplements with him, and it didn't really do much. I never really felt better. I never really so. I, I'm staying off for now the, uh, the the gluten, the dairy, and the sugar, just because I I know that's better for you, and it, it's mm-hmm. it's easy for me so far. Like I've adapted well, and but I'm. I'm still, like, my CSR is still there, and my my, my sleep is still affected because okay. I, I often wake up at 3 or 4 in the morning. You know, honestly, you might want to make an appointment with one of us because I think we probably, I think you've backed off of things that you might be sensitive to, but maybe you're not adding in enough of the other foods mm-hmm. to make sure that you're getting all the nutrients you need. Well, every... Um, we did an allergy elimination diet, and I've reintroduced foods after, like, two weeks. I started reintroducing them every two days, mm-hmm. and I didn't react to anything so far. So. Right. And right. I'm, I'm just about at the end of it right now. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. thanks Thanks for the call this morning. Yeah, thanks, Mary. Okay. Thank right. you. Thank yep. you. Bye-bye. So, do we have another caller, or yeah. should we? Uh, oh, shoot. I just dropped the left. Oh, please call back. I'm sorry. Um, We we may may not have time. (laughs) Melissa, you're on. Did you have a question for us? I do. Um, I uh, eat a a lot of sugar. My body can't break down fructose in fruits and raw raw fruits and vegetables. And I was wondering, I'm missing out on a lot of fruits and vegetables, Um, hardly any that I eat because I have such an irritable bowel for it. Is there any enzyme or any, any any vitamin I can take to help that? Well, I think that, uh, you know, you know, what I find is that underneath a lot of people that have problems with fructose, that once they give up gluten and heal their intestinal lining, and that's usually with (coughs) bifidobacteria and glutamine and some omega-3 fish oil and go through the steps of healing the intestinal lining, then they're not so sensitive to the the fructose that's in real fruit, right? And they're able to tolerate it. But you've got to go through those steps of healing to get to that point. Yeah. So okay, so I, I am taking the um, the glutamine, and I do go gluten free because I am uh, sensitive to that and lactose. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so you not really what I can eat. <laughs> so you really need to do um, a, you know a fair amount of bifidobacteria to help with that. Okay. Yeah. So, three times a day. Yeah. Is there a vegetable enzyme uh, amino? Or I don't oh, know sure. There, there are several. Like, um, you know, we have one in our office that's called Essential Enzymes, or okay. we have another one that's called OrthoDigest, and both of those would be beneficial to take now mm-hmm. in with meals to help break down the carbohydrates yeah. mainly and the sugars that you're Perfect. responding to. Perfect. Thanks so much. Yeah. Okay. Thank call. you right. so much. So... And I think what we should do is kind of kind of wrap, wrap up. Yeah, here. wrap up. So when we dis- we discuss the toxic effects of sugar, we're talking more than just the white stuff in your sugar bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, we're including honey, agave syrup, high fructose corn syrup, molasses, 
And Anna, we're also, aren't we, we're talking about any processed carbohydrate. Right, coming from a box. Yep. Yep. You know, so we're talking cereal. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it has the same or worse effect on your body as table sugar. Yes. Or a bagel has the same or worse effect as table sugar. Yep. Potato chips have the same or worse effect on the body as table sugar. Yeah, and I find out when people are eating a lot of cereal, that is something that they are very fearful of giving up. G- giving up. Yes, uh-huh. totally. Very they, addicting. Yes, very addicting. So, And when food manufacturers take out the fiber from carbohydrate foods, the blood sugar level is increased in just the same way as sugar does uh, because there's nothing to slow that release. So, for for example, if you eat an apple and the, fi- the fiber in it actually slows the release of sugar or glucose into the bloodstream. But if you drink a cup of apple juice from that apple, or even maybe two or three, because sometimes it takes three apples to make a cup of juice, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're getting you're immediately spiking that blood sugar, and any leftover glucose will get turned into body fat and inflammation. We yes. don't want that. No. <laughs> so you know, women can tolerate six teaspoons of sugar per day. Mm. You know, and whether that is coming from processed carbs such as chips. Or from high fructose corn syrup in, you know, in a soda or six teaspoons of sugar from your sugar bowl. Uh-huh. All, and if we really think about six teaspoons of sugar, it is not a very much, is it? No, it's very small amount compared to the 50 teaspoons that most people are eating a day. So, and Dr. Robert Lustig has found when people consume more than six teaspoons of sugar for women, like Dar was just saying, or nine teaspoons of sugar for men, there is a much higher risk of heart disease and diabetes and, of course, the weight gain that comes along with that. So how did, now let, let's kind of remind people that um, how they would find this uh, video. Mm-hmm. So you go to, go to our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And um, just, and we have it posted right on our, our, our front page. And you just click on it, and it's like a 15-minute clip. Right. Yep. So it's fast, easy, great information. Great information. And again, when we think about sugar, mm-hmm. let's talk about that again. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it, and it is the one that people fear giving up or yeah. anything that is. <laughs> turns that turns into, into sugar, like the bread and pastas. Pastas, the... You know, the, like you said, the cereals, cereals. All the sodas, all those things. Yep. And when we look at that and we think that people are typically consuming about, you know, a quarter, about a third of a pound. Yeah, a third of a pound a day. Yes, a third of a pound of sugar a day in some form or another. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And we need, women need not more than six teaspoons they don't they really don't need that much no but their bodies can tolerate yeah they can tolerate that much six teaspoons and a woman in my weight and wellness class recently in maple grove she said she took this class a couple years ago and you didn't see much difference in weight gain but she was she changed her diet but she didn't change the sugar Mm -hmm. and she finally did two weeks without sugar and she lost like four pounds in one week okay so again it's the sugar yes we're, we don't realize it, but it's the sugar that causes that and keeps that weight on. So when we help people understand that, okay, they've got this fear, so it's mm-hmm. a matter, and we kind of talked about that when we had a caller, mm-hmm. that it's basically that people have to look at where they have an imbalance in their biochemistry. Yep. 
And, you know, you and I talk about the fact that we have these genetics of diabetes in our family. Mm-hmm. And so our our strategy is always to eat frequently through the day yep. and keep our blood sugar balanced, isn't it? Yes. And and if you give up sugar, you, you, you can go three days without sugar. You don't even want any more. Yep. It happens that quickly. Right. And sometimes people need help to get over that hump, but it's amazing. So join us next week. I think yes. you're going to love the show next week. And Anna, thank you for being on this morning. Thanks, Doug. Great show. Thank Thanks. you. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.